Welcome back to Double Feature, the IDS film podcast where the powers that be let us in a podcast booth to give you hot takes and maybe some lukewarm ones too. I'm Annie Aguiar. And I'm Chris Forrester. So it might seem like here at Double Feature, we don't like action movies that much. We're always talking art films, dramas, and other things pretentious. But contrary to popular belief, we're not just snobs. And we do appreciate a fine action movie from time to time. On today's episode, we're talking about two action movies we quite enjoyed from last year. (laughs) Black Panther, the Academy Award-nominated superhero film, and Mission Impossible Fallout the sixth movie in an ongoing series that ages like fine wine. So, um, the big thing here is Black Panther is the first superhero movie to be nominated for Best Picture. Black Panther. Okay, I was thinking about this, and wouldn't it be kind of fun if Black Panther won Best Picture? Like, it's the best wrong option, you know? Yes. Like, it would, I would just like enjoy the chaos because I think that there are just the most people would be so upset for like childish reasons. Like people who hate superhero movies would f- flip out. People who are racist would flip out. People who I don't know didn't like it would flip out. People who don't like fun, yeah. flip out. And meanwhile, I would just be popping popcorn, watching the internet burn itself down yeah. and loving it. And it's not like it's a bad movie. No, this it's movie's a good awesome. Movie. It's really great. I wa- I rewatched it last night with some friends, and God, everything is just so purposeful and so well done, and the screenwriting is so just tight. You know, like ugh, I don't even know where to begin talking about how awesome this is. I think um, initially when I saw it, I actually walked away from it feeling like a little disappointed. Like, I mean, obviously you can't walk away from a movie with SZA in the end credits and think like, oh, that was bad because that song started and I was like, oh, that was really good. Um, But I think for me, the first two thirds of that movie are such a powerhouse in terms of like setting up characters and plot dynamics and ideas and in terms of like action sequences. And then for me, I think that the third act really kind of falls apart when it simplifies things to a more traditional, like, hero-villain. And the action, just like the action in most Marvel movies, doesn't really do anything for me. I think that what you're saying about it unraveling into just typical hero-villain, that isn't true for me because of how well-written Killmonger is. Yeah, I definitely agree And because of how, like, that saves it from being... Thor and his brother are fighting. Ah, you know, like yeah. it really saves and it really makes something special. And Killmonger as a villain is just amazing. It's one of my favorite like dumb arguments people have on Twitter of like, who's the worst Marvel villain? And people, or who's the, who's the best written Marvel villain? You and know, people think Say, Thanos, Thanos, and it's like no, a, a purple white guy who doesn't understand how yeah. capitalism. Sorry, works. Josh Brolin, you're not like that. Thanos is in no way as compelling a character as Black Panther. Yeah, as, no. Like, I mean, uh, I never... In Kil- oh, sorry. Um, I no. never really liked Infinity War. Um, I know there was a lot of, like, internet discourse that was like, of the superhero movies in the last year, like, Infinity War should have been nominated for Best Picture. I never really liked Infinity War, but having seen both of them, like, multiple times and, like, 
them sitting with me, Infinity War is flat out terrible. Black Panther's kind of awesome. Black Panther's a really good movie. My problem, I'm not a big Marvel movie fan. Yes, that's <laughs> like my biggest critique of it also is that I think the, the way that I grew to love it, um, because I initially just really liked it, is thinking about like all of the things it is that a Marvel movie shouldn't be and yeah. not necessarily like all of the things that it isn't because it's a Marvel movie. Black Panther is like just a good movie. Yes. It's better than it has any right to be as a Marvel movie and it is my favorite Marvel movie. That's another argument people have with Thor Ragnarok uh, and I still think Thor Ragnarok <laughs> edges it out just because that movie is so fun. I like Thor Ragnarok, but it's not as good a movie as Black Panther. Everything in Black Panther is just so like tight and it's just so perfect. This movie does not have any flab on it and it's just so special. You got Michael B. Jordan, you got Chadwick Boseman, you got Ford Whitaker. You have a like, really good soundtrack, too. Yeah, you do. I think the score is really interesting. I don't think it was nominated for Oscars. It probably, I don't know. I know Black Panther got like Yeah, actually, amount. it might have been. Probably. Um, but I think it's interesting to me because usually when I think, when I watch a movie and think this score is really good, it's one that I want to listen to again and it's one that sticks with me. Mm-hmm. I don't, like, I could not whistle the tune of, like, any tracks yeah, from Black Panther, yeah. but I still think it's a really good soundtrack just because of, like, the different instrumentations and, like, the way that it differentiates itself from a lot of action movie scores. Yeah. You definitely hop more on the score train than I do. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not a I, big score person. I bop the Phantom Thread soundtrack and the Suspiria soundtrack on a weekly <laughs> basis, baby. Isn't that your only personality trait? Yes. Okay. Um, God, what else to say? Okay, I think... The strongest thing about Black Panther and what I was saying earlier about the screenwriting just being so purposeful, like everything is centered around that question of like Will Wakanda and its period of isolationism. And when I say everything, I mean everything, you know, it's just so well done and driving you towards that correct point. And okay. Just in terms of different characters offering different perspectives upon the same theme, which is just, like, a base of, like, screenwriting. It is that, but I'm not annoyed by how clearly, you know? Yes, yeah. I completely agree with that. It's, um, and I also I also think visually it's such a feast. I mean, it's yes. still shot with that Marvel color palette and Marvel cinematography. But their color with, grading has gotten much better. No, this, I mean, this, the this, colors of the sets in this are a lot more yeah. are, are a lot richer, and so it looks better than something like Ant Man, where they where the color palette is every scene is just sort of like gray because it's De- know, okay. The city. recent recent Marvel movies have definitely fixed their problem of color grading, so everything doesn't look like a parking lot. This movie is gorgeous. Like, yes, um, I still don't necessarily love. Um, the way that it's shot always, or some of the visual effects, I think felt, especially in the third act, felt a little bit um, PlayStation gamey. Yeah. But as far as like the design work, um, the costuming, this movie is such a special film. When you're saying PlayStation, I totally. There's one point where Killmonger like his suit goes on. Spoilers. Oh, I I was thinking about like them duking it out at the end when they're like falling and fighting on the train tracks. Yeah, that part it's is, a little dumb, but I like it enough. I like it enough lost me. because it builds up to like Killmonger's end. Like, yes, that I'm scene is really fantastic. I'm hundred percent okay with it. You know, <sighs> um, I had something else I wanted to say. Ah, okay. 
You know who we need to talk about if we're talking about this movie? Winston Duke. Dude. M'Baku. Yes. Ah, he's the best person. <laughs> he's so great. He's so fun. And I just, I'm just really excited to see us because he's just so much fun. Yeah. And it's going to be a good movie. Anyway, hopping back um, to Speaking Black of Panther. Jordan Peele connections, Daniel Kaluuya Daniel is also Kaluuya. very good in this. I haven't seen Widows yet, and I know I need to. I because, didn't like Widows that well, much. Well, isn't he good in it? Yes. He, I, his performance is superb. I, I um, want to see Widows just for Daniel Kaluuya. But yeah, Widows registered to me as more of the like Gillian Flynn white feminist take on like racism instead of the like racially sensitive action movie I wanted it to be. Yeah. Eh. But <laughs> Can't Daniel Kaluuya is really good. Daniel Kaluuya is really good in everything. He Daniel Kaluuya's it. Uh, okay. I think the weirdest casting choice in this movie for me is Martin Freeman. Yeah. He's just like there. He is just there. He's very um have you watched the Fargo TV show? No. I've seen, like, some episodes here and there. It's like a known thing that Chris doesn't watch TV except Twin Peaks I'm and The just, Leftovers. Okay, listen, I have to ask a question. Sheesh. Anyway, um, he's very, he's the William H. Macy equivalent in the oh, TV show. I, he fits that part well. <laughs> yeah, he has very, like, Minnesota accent. But then to see him be like, I'm a cool agent guy. like Yeah, I also quite didn't. Don't really buy his character arc that well. Yeah. Okay. Um, here's here's one thing. And for I think me. it's like kind of a cop out to the way that it's resolved, um, just because of the direction that it seems like it's heading, and yeah. that would at least be like satisfying and like fit. But then it doesn't, and it's sort of like, okay, this is like a Marvel movie where the tragedy is that we have to set up stuff for future movies. Okay. One thing that seems dumb to me, and I'm sure there's probably an explanation. It's like, hey. You think this guy who is a superhero with all of this technology that he uses comes from an impoverished third world country? Like the reveal of Wakanda as a technological marvel to Martin Freeman's character doesn't quite make sense to me because like you already know he's Black Panther. Like you already know he has all these little yeah. things. Like that's kind of dumb. Like how can you think like, oh, it's just like sheep. <laughs> it's sheep and tents, but one of the tents they've <laughs> but, got cool technology. Like, um, come on, that was I was uh, I was making that point last night, and Brock started to argue with me, and I'm like, no, no, it's just it's dumb. Dumb, yeah. But I, um, this movie can be a little dumb. I think that the reason that this is such a standout for Marvel is that for me, I mean, there are more reasons that I hate Marvel movies than I can really count. Um, even though I do, <laughs> Hannah's gonna kill us. Even though I do like generally enjoy some of them. Um, but one of my biggest problems with them is the fact that they have this sort of, like, serialized TV show structure for, like, their whole universe. And so it's, like, when you sit down – when I sit down to watch a movie, I want you to tell me a story yeah. with a beginning, a middle, and an end. I want it to be tight. I want it to be well-made. I want it to have a point. And I want it to leave me with something more than just a trailer for the next movie. Yeah. So many Marvel movies, especially Infinity War, which is just a, like, hey – Come back next year. Um, but Black Panther has the benefit of just because of its premise and like being a movie about this country that no one knows about um, and isolationism that it can completely stand on its own. And I think that's why it works so well. Um, Brock said last night that uh, Civil War, Black Panther and Infinity War together. He saw a tweet that was um, 
those three movies are just a trilogy that can be titled like T'Challa's Bad Week. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, Second movie of the day. Oh! <laughs> is Mission Impossible if I Fallout. had any, like, um, glaring criticisms of Black Panther, this is the all-out, like, joyride part of the show. I love this movie so much. Okay. I've seen it, like, five times. God. I've seen it once. It slaps. Today. This movie does indeed slap. I had never seen a Mission Impossible movie before. <sighs> yeah. So... Oh, I'm not quite up on the lore. But this isn't a movie you need lore for. Yeah. It just goes. Yeah, it just goes and goes and Vin goes. Big Rames, man. It is two and a half hours I, of just okay. pure, it, it just like, I don't know, feels like you're sprinting along a tightrope for two and a half hours. Well, because Tom Cruise is just always running. I know I want to see is. him, like, jog. Well, there's that one formula or whatever that's like, the more Tom Cruise runs in a movie, the better it is. And it's, like, supported by <laughs> Rotten Tomato scores and, like, minutes of Tom Cruise running. God. Okay. This is a good movie, but, all right. As we talked about in our very first episode, if anyone's a big fan, um, we talked about The Dark Knight. I introduced that I have action scene blindness, and the majority of, like, fight scenes and car chases, I just kind of tune out because I'm utterly uninterested. And it takes, like, a special kind of action movie for to transcend for me just being an action movie. Like, for me, like, the standard for that is, like, the John Wicks. This, this movie, it's, like, 0.1% away from being there for me. Because right. it's really, really good. But I don't care about car chases. I don't care about people shooting each other. Like... If you're going to give me a choreographed fight scene, give me something more in the lines of, like, old boy or just something that's cool and not just there because it's an action movie and you need to have people punch each other. This movie does have a lot of really, really, really good action scenes, but every now and again there's a part where I'm just like, come on, get to the point, you know? Um, As someone who's, like, a pretty big fan of the Mission Impossible movies, I would argue that their draw has sort of become that it's, like, a movie where, like, the action set pieces are, like, not only action set pieces, but they're also, like, practical stunts. And so there's sort of, like, this underlying tension in the fact that you, like, know that to some extent the people really did this and you're, like, watching in awe as, like... Yeah, but, like, the, you know Tom Cruise isn't in the hospital. The, the shot... He broke his foot filming this. He's fine now. When he was running through London and he jumps off a building and he, like, slams into the side of... And everyone, he broke his foot filming that. He's um, fine. He is fine. That man is going to kill himself filming these. Um, I'll watch that whichever, one. <laughs> whichever Mission Impossible <laughs> that is. going to be the best one. It's going to be Except really wait, good. Wait, no, he's going to stop running. Snuff film. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. Um, I just don't like Tom Cruise. I really love the Mission Impossible movies, and I think this one is my favorite by like a good margin. I saw it like when it was in theaters like twice, and I've seen it many times since then. It just... I don't know. There are things that I don't like about it, especially in like the pl- the machinations Alec Baldwin. of the plot. Whatever. He's a he's a character from the last movie that they sort of needed to like give some narrative closure to. I just, um, okay, I knew I was I also really gonna love like. The, I love the scene of Alec Baldwin and um, I'm blanking on her name. The CIA directress. Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett, like on Facetime together. Oh, that was cute. Okay, I knew I was going to like this movie with the Wolf Blitzer stuff. 
That yeah, was that so was good. dumb. I loved it. But, I don't know, but I also like the first time that I saw this movie, I was kind of like, did they? No, they didn't. It didn't actually happen. Wait. And then like <laughs> that thing, they like pull the rug out from under you. And I was like, they actually got me. I'm literally <laughs> stupid. They actually got me. No, me too. Really me too. good. Yeah. yeah. No, that was great. The helicopter sequence is like one of my favorite action. Like, it's... no, probably like. Top five action sequences I've ever seen. It's, it's the so best good. action sequence that's not the motorcycle chase from Mad Max Fury Road. Um, it's just so good. It is insane. I mentioned to Annie like that when I saw this in the theater, there were a good like five or six moments where my heart absolutely just stopped for thirty minutes <laughs> or thirty seconds. Um, Maybe 30 minutes. Yeah. And, like, probably four or five of those are all in the, like, final action sequence God, of that movie. that is so good. And the way that it um, layers and cross-cuts those action sequences, normally I find it kind of obnoxious and, like, overdramatic when action movies will be, like, here's, like, a separate action beat for all of yeah. the key characters. But every single piece of that finale works together so well for me. And it just keeps ramping up the tension again, like higher and higher and higher and higher throughout the entire movie and then through that sequence. And it really shouldn't work, but it's insane. Okay. I'm not a score person, like I said. The drums in oh, this yeah. movie. The soundtrack in this. <gasps> points oh were made. God, they really went for it. And yeah. It's, it's okay. This is going to be dumb, but it reminds me of like, uh, <laughs> like Birdman. Shut up. You know Birdman? I hate Birdman. I love Birdman. I think it's dumb, but I love it. But just like, I'm big fan of drums over here. Annie Aggie, our drum fan. Uh, drum stan. Dr- oh, there we go. Drum stan. And there's this one particular fist fight in the last sequence where they're just going at each other and the drums are happening. And it's just amazing. This movie makes me lose it. <laughs> and now, then, well, the and plot then... is a little dumb. The plot is very dumb, and I think I, that's something that I've, like, kind of enjoyed more and more every time I've watched it, is that, like, it's this movie that sort of, like, takes the, like, it's so close to being one yeah. of those obnoxious, like, t- super, like, overly tight, plotty Christopher Nolan action movies, where it's, like, constant plot twists, like, every, Ugh. I don't know, it's too clever for its own yeah. good. But it's, like, it's like, that. I, I guessed the thing in this movie. Oh, yeah, so And then I. there ended up being a whole rest of the movie that's totally fine. Yeah. I really like that. Because there are some movies where you guess it, and then the big reveal at the end is the thing you guessed all along. No, and I mean, right they Right now, this reveal like, happens, like, super quick, you know? Yeah. So you get to move I think on. It, I think it's, like, it might feel occasionally like the... Um, too clever for its own good Christopher Nolan screenplay, but that's, like, really thin, and so a lot of things don't actually hold up under a lot of thought. But... I left Simon Pegg at the end looking for the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no spoilers. But really, the, the plots of these movies are, like, necklaces for them to string these action sequences on. Yeah. And when the action sequences are all as incredible as these are, I mean, you have... The plane jump, which I, my jaw drops every single time the um, the camera falls out of the plane first, and then yeah. he follows, and like, then the bathroom fight. The bathroom fight is really the, good. 
all of those characters getting together in the like back room of the club, mm-hmm. um, the motorcycle chase, which I know you don't like car chases, but I that I know, there are some I know really, it's really a high good, points. I know it's a good me. one, but I just my eyes glaze over. The only reason that I don't necessarily it's like maybe my least I also think because I don't movie. drive. Um, <laughs> is that there's an action sequence that's, like, involving motorcycles in the one before, and I think it's, like, a little bit more high-octane than this one, and I enjoy that more, and so it's kind of like, you already did, like, the best motorcycle chase you could, so why are we doing it again? Yeah. But it completely makes up for that by the helicopter sequence. It's, oh, my God, that helicopter sequence is amazing. I think the reason that this movie works is it's, a lot of really crazy people saying, like, taking things that on paper no sane person would do. They'd be like, well, this is a bad idea. And then they go with it and they make it, like, as crazy as they possibly can and then some, and it totally works. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, like I thought with Black Panther, this movie is just very good at being this movie, you know? Yeah. Like, it is a good time. And that's all it needs to be, you know? Oh, it's spectacular. Yeah. It is a thrill ride <laughs> to, like, to basically the final moments. I mean, even there's a thing that I'm not going to specify, but there's a use of lighting um, towards, oh, at, like, yeah. a key moment that, like, <sighs> is so obnoxious. But I, I just, liked it. I, the first time I saw that, it, it killed me. I liked it a lot. Yeah. <sighs> so, you see, we Action do. Action movies yeah. should be Fun. We do like action movies. We're not just snobs. And we love them if they're Mission Impossible Fallout. We're not just snobs. We're still snobs, but like we're not just snobs. We're yes, fine. We are. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Double Feature. I've been Annie. I am Chris. And next time we will be talking about the Oscars. Ugh. Please, no, no Bohemian Rhapsody Best Picture. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared also.